0: You, you sound worn out by my leadership. <laughs> well, thank you, Pastor. I appreciate the uh, invite and the opportunity to be with you this Christmas season. Uh, what parts of Christmas are inconvenient for you? I mean, Christmas season does change our schedule, right? And there are some pieces of it that just, I don't know, Do you enjoy dragging out the Christmas decorations? Do you enjoy having to write all of those Christmas cards or string the letters? There are parts of Christmas that can be inconvenient, right? G.K. Chesterton has said that an inconvenience is simply an adventure that is wrongly considered. An inconvenience is an adventure that is wrongly considered considered. Think of the worst trip you've ever been on, the worst travel that you've ever had. Maybe you were caught in an airport where your flight was canceled and you had to sleep in the airport after overnight, or uh, your car broke down, or maybe your worst trip was having to spend a weekend with your in-laws, or just think of the worst trip that you've ever had. We're going to look at A trip that was inconvenient this morning. Open our Father's Word if you have it with you this morning to Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. So Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. little inconvenient, wouldn't you say? Think about uh, the upcoming census. We take a census in America every 10 years, every decade. So think about the 2020 census. What if the government said, you have to go back to where you were born, your hometown, to register, to take the census? Would that be inconvenient for you? Oh, by the way, you get to walk. You don't get... We consider it an inconvenience when they come and knock on our door and ask us the questions, right? Right? So here's Joseph saying, pack it up Mary, <laughs> we're going back to Bethlehem. And she says, why? Because the government requires us to do so. Now, the shortest route between Nazareth and Bethlehem is due south, through an area called Samaria. But Orthodox Jews, which Joseph and Mary were, could not go through Samaria, because in Samaria, they were half-breeds, and Orthodox Jews did not have any dealings with those who were partially Jewish and partially Gentile, and Samaria was dangerous to travel through. So, Joseph says to Mary, we're going to take the scenic route a little bit longer. We're going to go southeast through the Jezreel Valley, and then further south and further east through the Jordan Valley. And then south to Jericho and around through the Judean desert, up through Jerusalem, and then to Bethlehem. The scenic. Joseph, I'm pregnant. I'm very pregnant. Kind of an inconvenience, don't you think? Think about walking from hot springs to lusk. And you don't get to take the paved highway because they didn't have paved highways. And by the way, the terrain was not quite as pleasant between here and Lusk, if you think of that as pleasant, as it is between Nazareth and Bethlehem. Hmm. So while they were there, it says in verse 6, the days were completed for her to give birth. Now, those of you who have had babies know that they never come at the convenient time, right? Unless you schedule it through a C-section, babies never come when they are supposed to. They come when they want to come, not when you want them to come. This was not convenient. They'd taken a nearly 100-mile trip, and by the way... They weren't in a place that was even comfortable for them. But verse 7 says that she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloth, laid him in a manger, because there was no room in the inn. Do you think they were asking, why, Lord? Why, Jehovah? Why, God, now? And why here? Well why couldn't we have our baby back home? Perhaps they knew, perhaps they didn't, that this was God's way of fulfilling prophecy. It was necessary for them to take this trip and God worked through governmental processes, think about that, to get them to where they needed to be because it says in Micah chapter 5 verse 2, the prophecy as for you, Bethlehem Ephratah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth for me to be ruler in Israel. Have you ever complained about God's timing? Have you ever complained about how certain events occur in your life? For instance, have you ever said, Lord, I don't have time to be sick right now. I mean, it doesn't come at a convenient time, right? Maybe some of you have been pregnant when you did not find that to be convenient. Or, Lord, why did I lose my job and my career at this point in my life? Or a lot of inconveniences, right? Or are they just an adventure wrongly considered? In the Christian world and in our family, I think we have what are called cultural Christians, and then we have truly transformed followers of Christ. Cultural Christians are those who enjoy the season and enjoy the songs and enjoy the decorations, but on our terms and on our agenda. Cultural Christians are Christians who say, God, thanks for being in my life. And we wake up every morning and say, here's my agenda. Will you please bless it? These are my plans for today. A transformed follower says, Lord, here's what I have planned, but what do you have planned? What do you want to do with my day? Verse 8, in the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. It was a normal work shift for them. It was a normal evening. And they didn't have some of the conveniences that we have today. You know, they didn't have internet and social media and all of that. They were just doing their job. And they weren't really looking for God. They weren't really expecting God. They weren't expecting some kind of message from the Lord. They were just minding their business, kind of like what you were doing this past week. What was this past week like for you? You had your plan, you had your calendar, you had your agenda, and you were just kind of bumping along doing your thing, right? And an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared before them. This was God's early social media process, right? And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And what does it say their response was? You sound like Charlie Brown. I'll wait for you. How, what was their response? No. That's right. It doesn't say they were frightened. It says they were terribly afraid. I think I would have been too. Think of you're in the middle of your work shift, just minding your own business, and an extraterrestrial shows up. That's kind of the experience that they're having here, right? (laughs) And the angel said, don't be afraid. Yeah, okay. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Well, this wasn't convenient. I mean, shepherds of that day were basically hirelings. They didn't own the sheep. They worked for the man. They worked for somebody else. They were basically just in the middle of their work shift doing their job. Can you imagine you in the middle of whatever your job is, and suddenly an extraterrestrial shows up, and you go to your boss and you say, I've got to take the rest of the day off. I've just had a vision. That's what's happening here, folks. (laughs) How would you react? Would you respond and immediately go to see this thing that has happened? And before you respond, before you say, oh, sure I would, think about some of the interruptions that have come into your life. For instance, you're on the road, you're traveling, and you have a destination and you have a schedule that you're trying to keep and you see somebody broken down along the roadside do you Mm -hmm. stop and help or do you not have time for that or somebody in your circle of friends gets sick and is in the hospital and do you interrupt your schedule and do what is inconvenient or Well, here's one. A week ago Friday, I was at home and I had my agenda for the day. And I let God know what my agenda was. Because my wife told me what my agenda was. (laughs) The agenda was, Greg, you need to pull out all of the Christmas stuff. You travel a lot. You're never here. Okay, we had that discussion. And it needs to be set up so that, you know, she could decorate the tree and all the stuff that she does when I'm not at home. And by the way, I also had a message that I needed to write because in another week I was going to be speaking in Hot Springs, South Dakota. Yes, I was working on this very message when I get a call from my friend Steve. Now, I've known Steve for a couple of decades. Steve is married to a believer, a Christian, somebody who follows the Lord. But he is not yet there in his thinking. And Steve says, are you busy? (laughs) Kind of. I really need to talk. And I could tell from the tone in his voice, it wasn't one of these normal, I just want to go out for lunch kind of talks. There was something bothering him. So, First thing I had to do was, well, talk to God so I could get clearance from my wife so I could. And we talked about an issue that was going on at work and a concern that he had. And then in the middle of this, (laughs) he says, Greg, tell me about prayer. How how does that work? (laughs) Okay, I get why this is happening. And I had the opportunity over the next couple of hours to explain to Steve the same thing that I've explained to him in the past, shared my testimony with him and how I was once where he is, not walking with the Lord, but how God is so crazy in love with me that he came to earth in the form of his son, that he died in my place, that prayer is uh, that I I even said this to him. I said, it it sounds mystical to you, but it is communication between somebody who is God-fearing and God-following. And yes, God does give us leading through. It was an inconvenience. No, no, it was a wrongly considered adventure that God opened up. Here's how the angels responded to God's interruption. Verse 13. Once the angel had made the announcement to the shepherds, a bunch more showed up. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying to God, Glory in the highest and peace on earth among men with whom he is well pleased. They cannot contain themselves. They are giddy with excitement. Can you think of angels being giddy with excitement? Is that how you feel on Christmas Eve? I mean, we do it every year. Are you giddy with excitement about the message? Think about the most exciting thing that has ever happened in your life. It's that kind of excitement. It's that kind of emotion. So verse 15, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they waited until the end of their shift. No, that's not what it says. They, in a hurry, came and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. Now, every year when I when I read this, I go through the thought process of what what did that look like? I mean, I know what my expectations are with my family and my house on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. What What was this like? How crowded was it? Well, I do know there weren't three wise men there. You need to take those out of your nativity scene, by the way. They came a couple of years later The drummer boy not mentioned he wasn't there either it was just the shepherds and Mary and Joseph <laughs> how excited do we get they were terribly excited to be there now it says in verse 17 when they had seen this they made known the statement that had been told them about this child. And then the next statement's kind of interesting. And all who heard it wondered about the things which were told to them by the shepherds. The shepherds are spreading the news. Yeah, angels appeared and and, and the, the glory and... And we came to Bethlehem, and and we found this. And some were thinking, eh, they're shepherds. They're uneducated men. They've been out in the fields smoking the shrooms, (laughs) hanging out in Colorado. I don't know. How much credibility do you think they had? But they were willing to take the risk to share the witness of what they had seen even, I, I i mean, if an extraterrestrial shows up and gives you a message, how do you think others are going to receive the message? Guess what happened to me? You see, angels weren't normal in this period of time in history. In fact, many in this period of time in history had heard about angels appearing in ancient times, but many thought of it as just well, urban myth. Can I get so convinced, can I get so changed by the reality of the incarnation of God coming to earth in the form of man that I can't contain myself? I mean, is it that real to me? When I let God's work in my life, what I would consider an inconvenience, become an adventure, it affects not just me, but it affects others around me. I have a, a son-in-law. I love Chris. He's, he's married to my youngest daughter. And Chris loves Christmas. Chris thinks that the Christmas decorations need to come out on July 5th. My daughter's not on board with that. She makes him wait until November 1st, just after Halloween, and he starts pulling the stuff out. If you doubt what I'm about to tell you, I'll show you the posting on Facebook. He went to Home Depot last week. Laura thought he was going to buy some tools, which is what most guys bring home from Home Depot. No, Chris brought home a few more Christmas trees and some more decorations. Chris just loves Christmas. Not not because of all of the trimmings and so on, but because of the opportunity that it brings for him to be sharing the message that he does every year with anybody who he can grab hold of. You see, it's not an interruption for him. It is a time of year where he looks forward to his schedule being changed. But it doesn't affect just those of us into whose life God steps and changes our agenda. It affects those who are around us as well. Who are these smelly shepherds? What is all of this talk of angels? But in verse 19 it says, Mary treasured up all of these things. Pondering them in her heart. See, Mary knew what was going on. Angels had already appeared to her and told her that she would become pregnant. But not by Joseph, by the Holy Spirit. Joseph had also received the message. But you know, when stuff like this is happening in your life, when God is bringing these inconveniences When sometimes you step out on faith, are there times where you wonder, did I do this on my own, or is God really in this? And this was yet another reassurance for Mary and Joseph, as the shepherds show up and say, yeah, the angels appeared to us, and they told us that we would find you here just like you. Mary pondered these things In her heart, it was reassurance for her. And suddenly the venue and the inconvenience of the trip, well, suddenly it wasn't an inconvenience. It was an adventure. Well, it changed the shepherd's life forever also because it says in verse 20 that the shepherds went back glorifying God and praising him for what they had seen and heard, just as had been told to them. You can imagine that the anniversary of this event for them year after year after year to follow was not just a normal, well, it's Christmas again and we're going to hang the lights. I'm sure every year following this, they went back and said, remember the time when we were out in the field and the angel appeared to us and we were frightened. But the glory of the Lord shone around us. Remember that? Do you remember the first time the reality of who Jesus Christ is happened in your life? Not just the knowledge that there is a God and the story that he sent his son. But do you remember the time when Jesus became real to you? Remember that excitement? Yeah. Let's get back to that this season. What would happen if we weren't just cultural Christians going through the routine this season, but we were transformed disciples? What if For the next 16 days, because it is 16 days until the celebration of the Incarnation, what if for the next 16 days we woke up every morning and said, God, I have plans. Mess with them. God, what do you want to do in my life not just affecting me, but affecting others. Heavenly Father, I pray for your interruption in my schedule, not just for the next 16 days, but for whatever breath I have left on this earth. I pray that we as followers wouldn't just be cultural And see, even some of the activities among Christians, such as a Christmas Eve service being an inconvenience, but rather being an opportunity. Help us to be living for, well, for your glory shining in us and through us. And help us to be people, Father, who are as excited as the angels, giddy with joy as awestruck as the shepherds. Let this be a season of worship and praise for us, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.